Today we're going to conclude our four-week study looking at four of the Christmas names given to Jesus in Scripture. So far, if you've been with us, uh, we have looked at Emmanuel. We found that in Matthew chapter 1, uh, also in Isaiah chapter 7. It was a name, if you remember, of great promise, a name that became the name of great provision, a name that means God with us. We looked at Emmanuel. Uh, from there, we looked at the singular name of our Messiah described as Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of peace. That was recorded in Isaiah chapter 9. Last week, we looked at the only name by which uh, there is salvation, the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus. It means God saves or God is our salvation. Matthew says this is because Jesus saves us from our sins. Well, today we're going to look at the name, that is the name of great, of good news, of great joy for all people, the name Christ. Uh, today our verses are found in Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. Our message this morning is entitled, The People's Savior, The People's Savior. Luke chapter 2, today verses 10 and 11, The People's Savior. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would Stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come and we are thankful for this day. We're thankful for the ability to come and to worship you, to exalt you, to lift your name up. And we're thankful for the ability to come and to, to join with other like-hearted, like-minded believers and together know you and hear you and celebrate you. I pray, Lord, now that as we go to this, this portion of our service, I pray as we, as we study your word, these words, I pray, Lord, that they would bear fruit. I know they're living and active, and I, I pray it will be a tremendous result as we hear the living, the living and active Word of God. I pray, Lord, that it points us and exalts, and I know it will lift high the name of the living Word, Jesus. Lord, I, I pray the fruit of this is that we would draw closer to you, that we would see you today, that the hearts that are here, the, the minds that are hearing today, that in the, in the, in the drone of this world and in the, in the the noise of this world, that we would fix our eyes upon Jesus, our Savior, in this hour. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you. I, I pray in the hearing of the gospel, of your grace, the good news of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they would turn to you and receive you in faith today for your glory, for your name's sake. Lord, we give this hour to you. We submit it to you. We, we pray, Lord, that you would be pleased in it, that you be known and glorified through it. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may have heard me say this, but for some time now, I, I have been having this idea, this notion, this thought that if, if people could see 
Jesus, if, if they could, if we could better understand Jesus, that people would follow him. First in faith, that they would trust him. If they could see him and understand him, that they would follow him, they would, in faith, they would be saved. And then in the course of their lives, that they would again trust him. And they would see that what he has is actually truly best for them. And I, and I have this idea that if they could truly see him, they would walk with him. And I, I keep having this idea that, that our problem today is our eyes are full of so much else that we're not seeing Jesus. And that's what I think our culture has put upon us, our world has forced upon us. I think it is a ploy of Satan, but I think there's so much in our vision today, so much in our view today, that it is hindering our seeing Jesus. And I have this idea that if we could just see Jesus, that people would be saved. And I think that if they, could just, if they could just narrow in and see the truth of Jesus, they would, they would trust him and they would be saved. I, I have this idea that if, if people could just see Jesus, they would live for Jesus, they would walk with Jesus. I felt that way for a while. I felt that way before we started our study of John those hundred days. I, I thought, you know what, if we could just see Jesus in this, I felt it again and again as we walked through those days. And now as we're looking at these names, I believe the same. And my prayer is that through these names of Jesus, these names that are revealed in God's Word, through God's Word, that we would see Jesus. Well, I want to just go ahead and tell you, today is one more attempt at that. And that's why I have this message, I believe, and today is, is one more attempt at that. I'm going to read the preceding verses to set the context for our verse, really our one verse. We're going to look at two, but our, our, our focal verses today. I'm going to read in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Many times we call this the, the bulk of our Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. In this account, we see that Jesus is born. 
an angel makes the announcement to some shepherds that are near. It says in the region there near Bethlehem. Now, this angel identifies the event that has occurred. How do we understand this event? What is happening in this event? The angel identifies this event that has occurred. He also identifies the baby who has been born. Now, I want you to see two things here. Really, it's not part of our focal verse, but I, I want you to see two things here very quickly before we move along. The good news of resulting great joy, the good news that brings great joy, the first is this, is for all the people. The, the good news that results in great joy is for all the people. Very simply, the birth of Jesus is good news for all people. We need to be sure of that. We can be certain of that. The, the birth of Jesus is good news for all people. For the priests who were up at the temple, it was good news. For the shepherds that were out in their fields, it was good news. For the Jews in Israel, yes, it was good news. For the Gentiles, wherever they were at, it was good news. For the rich or for the poor, for the esteemed or for the overlooked, for the male or for the female, the good news of great joy is for all the people. Today, friend, understand, the good news of great joy is for you. I heard it somewhere before, but you are so loved. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the birth of our Redeemer, listen, it is your good news. It is for you. So the good news is for all people. Praise the Lord. Second thing is this. It really sets the framework for the rest of our study today. The second thing is this. The good news of great joy in verse 10 is the Savior announced in verse 11. Now, we're just going to cut to the chase. That's what it is. That's, that's the truth of this, these verses. The good news of great joy in verse 10 is the Savior announced in verse 11. Why is that the good news of great joy? Well, let's, let's see that. Let's take a look at that. Now, before we do, I want to ask this. Look up here for just a second. Look up here for just a second. We have good news. We have good news. I don't know what condition you came in here today, and I, I know the condition of the world that we walked out of to get in here today, and it may not feel like it, and it may not seem like it, but I want to tell you today, I want you to understand, we have good news. We have good news today. All right, let's go back to work, verse 11. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's go through this verse. Let's break it down piece by piece. It starts off and it says, for today, the message from the angel, for today. Now what that means is, it has happened. The Savior has come. Emmanuel has stepped into flesh and our hope is here. 
The book of Galatians says, In the fullness of time God sent forth his son, born of a virgin. It is announced here to shepherds, it has happened. What an awesome lead-in. What an awesome start off in this announcement. It is here. It has happened. The Savior has come. Emmanuel is in his skin. Oh, what a day that is. Can you imagine? Oh, what a day it was. Then it goes on and says, for today in the city of David, in the city of David. Now, most of the original hearers, most of the people of this time, in fact, most of the people in this region would have thought it was talking about Jerusalem. This was the city that David founded. It was his city. It was where, where, the, where, the, uh, where the castle was, where his, his, his great palace was. And so it was called the, the city of David. And most people, upon hearing the city of David, would have been thinking about Jerusalem. But these shepherds, they knew of this little town. They knew of this little insignificant town that was the, the hometown of a man named Jesse and his sons. And one of those sons, the youngest of the sons, once walked in these fields. In fact, most likely, even this field they were in, think about it, here in this region, most likely this very field he could have stood in himself as a shepherd. And so they know of the little town Bethlehem. They know of the, of the man Jesse that lived there. They know of his son, the youngest son that becomes the greatest king of Israel, David. They know from that king was promised a descendant that would be Messiah. And so these shepherds knew of the little city, Bethlehem, the city of David. For today in the city of David, the angel goes on, there has been born. Now that seems small, that's, a, that's an easy understanding, but I want you to understand the bigness of that, the significance of that. There has been born a man. There has been born a person. There has been born for you. I like this part. You, in the original language, is plural. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, I've said this before, but it's actually true. You may, you may doubt it, but it's actually true. The actual best translation of this in the original language to our language today is y'all. Actually, it actually was a, a good translation of y'all. Born for y'all, they may have had some sweet tea with that. Born for y'all, I want you to think about this. Remember in our study in John, and we saw that when you is plural, that you means me. You means you. And so when you see you, you can put you in there. You is me. That's what it means here again. Born for me. In the city of David, born for you, y'all. It is plural here. What an awesome thing that is. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you. Here we go. A Savior. All right, get ready. A Savior. Born for you is a Savior. Savior comes from the Greek word sotur. It is from the Greek root word sozo. We saw this last week, the, the word for Savior in the original language, it means a deliverer, 
a preserver. One, the most literal translation is one that brings into safety. A savior is one who brings and delivers you into safety. So born for you, born for me, is a preserver, is a, is a person, is one that, that will deliver us, that will bring us into safety. Now I want you to see this. In this word, really, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, in our sin, the Bible tells us we are lost. In our sin, we are perishing. In our sin, we exist and we stand in harm's way. The Bible actually says, in our sin, we are ruined. Now, here's the thing about that. The scriptures tell us we can do nothing about it. We are lost in our sin. We are guilty in our sin. We are condemned in our sin. We are awaiting the final punishment because of our sin, and there is nothing we can do about it. Now, they've tried for all the generations. We're still trying today. There is no religious work that can deliver you unto safety. There is not one thing you can do. Well, what if I make a list? What if I build this big stack? What if I do good deeds? There is not one thing you can do to deliver yourself unto safety. We are hopeless. We need a Savior. Do you know that's the reality of the gospel? Do you know that's why the gospel is having a hard time being received today? People say, well, I've got this and I've got that and I seem to have it all worked out. I don't need a Savior. Listen, the reality of the good news of Jesus Christ is we need a Savior because of sin. There's nothing we can do to deliver ourselves unto safety. We need a Savior. And so see the gospel in this verse. Woo, listen to this. All people, are you listening all people need a Savior. And in this one born in the city of David, the good news of great joy is this. And all people have their Savior in Jesus. Man, hear me today. Listen to me today. Why should we be excited about Christmas? I'm about to tell you. Why should we be excited about Christmas? Why should we celebrate Christmas? Why should we be bursting with joy this morning? It is because, listen to me, all people have their Savior in Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's why we're excited at Christmas. All people in need of a Savior, lost without a Savior, have their Savior in Jesus. We're done looking. We're done hoping. We have our Savior in Jesus. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Joy to the world. Mm, I think we're getting too calm when we sing that. This morning I was up here and y'all couldn't see me. I was saying, let's go. Come on, let's go. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Sinners in need of a Savior have a Savior of hope in Jesus. Joy to the world. All right, we're going to keep going on. It goes on. Let's watch this. Born for you a Savior who is Christ. All right, let's, let's see this. Who is Christ? Christ is the Greek word Christos. It literally translates, it translates the anointed one, the marked one, the Messiah. 
It is the one sent by God as his salvation. We talk about it, it's the anointed one, it's the marked one. Well, that's why he is marked. That's why he is anointed. It is because God has promised this one all the way through Scripture. If you go back to Genesis and you work your way all the way through Scripture, God has promised a Savior. He has promised this one. And the Christos is the one marked as that one. He is the one anointed as that one. Now see this. It's pretty awesome here in verse 11. Up until here, up until this event, the Christ was a title. The Christ was a position. The Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Up until here, the the Christ was a title. It was a position, referring to a position. Well, now here in verse 11, notice this. The title has now become a name. Christ, starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, is now a name. The verse says here, a Savior, notice this, who is Christ. Oh, watch this, get that. Where they had been promised a Christ, there is now the Christ. Where they needed a Christ, there is now the Christ. Where they had looked for a Christ, there is now the Christ. And this one born and no other is the Christ. The title now in this verse is fulfilled in the name. I want you to hear me today, friend. You can call him Jesus, or you can call him Christ, or you can call him Christ Jesus, or you can call him Jesus Christ, because there is no other Christ than Jesus. He is the one. Good news of great joy. It goes on. Let me stop us right here for just a second. Do you see how wonderful this is? Do you, seriously, do you see how wonderful this is? Do you see this is no small deal? Born for you, a lost sinner. For myself, a lost sinner is a Savior who is Christ, the one with a name, who is Christ the Lord. Do you see this is no small deal? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world. It goes on and it says, who is Christ the Lord? Who is Christ the Lord? Now it actually reads, Christos, Kyrios. Christos, Kyrios. It's on, this is the only time it's used like this in the New Testament. The only time that it's put together and used in this order in the New Testament. Christos, 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 Kyrios. And I want you to see, and that also is a big deal. Stay with me. Curios means Lord, means master. Literally, it is the one that has, the one who has, possesses all the rights. The rights of ownership belong to the Lord. The right of authority, because he has ownership, belongs to the Lord. And so the, the Lord is the one with all of the rights. He is the owner. He, he is the, the manager. He is the authority. And Jesus is those things. He is 
the Lord. Listen, we submit to him as Lord. We profess and call him as Lord. We follow him in our daily lives as Lord. Jesus is Lord, but I want you to see this. But there's more than that. There's more than that. In the Old Testament, the Jews, out of reverence and fear of God, would not speak, they would not say the proper name of God. And so over time, a title for God had arisen. A, a title, now they're in their fear of the Lord, they wouldn't say the proper name of God. And so a, a name, a title for God had come into usage. It was the word Adonai. Adonai is Hebrew for Lord. Adonai, Lord, was the name given or the name used to refer to God. Eternal God, creator God, powerful God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Adonai, the word Lord. And so I want you to see this. I want you to follow with me. The good news of great joy for all people was the one born a man in the city of David for and from the throne of David is our Savior, the one that we needed for our sin, who is the Christ, the one sent from God, and now he is the Lord God himself. And because of that, this one born is the Savior from God. Now, on top of that, because of the word meaning, he is also the God that saves. Now, I want to go through that again. The, the good news of great joy for all people was the one that was born a man in the city of David from and for the throne of David is the Savior, the one we needed for sin, who is the Christ, the one sent from God, who is now the Lord God himself. And because of that, this one born is our Savior God, and he is the God that saves. Do you remember the name from last week? Jesus, the God that saves. Now listen to me, if your head's not spinning around this morning, if, you're not, if your heart's not bursting this morning, if you're not blown away this morning, I don't know if I can help you this morning. Do you see why we celebrate? Listen, do you understand the scope of that? Do you see why we celebrate? Jesus, Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace, our Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, our Lord, the God who saves the Savior from God. Jesus is born. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Here's the question. Have you trusted him today? Have you called upon him to be your savior today? Listen, this is a good message. You might have a good vibe from this message. None of it will mean anything if you miss Jesus today. Have you called upon Jesus as your savior today? Believer, are you walking with him today as your Lord, as your Savior, as God with you, Emmanuel? Are you walking with him today? Listen, what could be better than that? What could be better than that? Our Savior has come in the person of Jesus. Have you trusted him today? Are you walking with him as a believer today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Dear Father, we come, we're thankful for your truth. Most of all, we're thankful for our Savior, for a remedy for sin, a repair to something we could not fix. For a Savior who is Christ, promised, delivered, Emmanuel, the Lord, God himself. Lord, I I pray that if there's some that are hearing today that do not know you. And maybe they're here in this room, maybe they've heard this a million times. Maybe they've never heard it. Maybe they've never understood it. But I pray as they sit here today under the burden of their sin, understanding there's nothing they could do, feeling the hopelessness of that, and I pray they do feel the hopelessness of that. I pray that today, this Christmas, that they would turn to the Savior of Bethlehem, the one that was there in the region with these shepherds, They would trust him and they would claim him and in him they would find peace and hope, salvation in Jesus. And then Lord, I pray for us as as believers and many of us here listening, I pray, Lord, we wouldn't be so bogged down in the silliness of this world, the commercialism of this world, the pull of the things that offer hope that are empty, that we would miss the ability to walk with Jesus, not just now, but every day until we go see you in person. Lord, help us to walk with Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for this truth. I pray, Lord, that we can't get over it. I pray that it strikes a chord in our hearts. I pray that we celebrate this season because of it. I pray, Lord, most of all, that it bears fruit. I pray for a decision that needs to be made. I pray, Lord, that there will be no hindrance. Today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, we worship you. We thank you. We, We lay this at your feet. We ask that you move and that's you work, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close this service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I, I want to tell you, if there was ever something to decide, this is it. If there was ever a good time to decide it, this is it. We have hope today. We have good news today in the person of Jesus Christ. And my encouragement to you is this. If you've never trusted him, turn to him today. He'll save you today. He'll forgive you today. And you might say, well, I haven't done all the religious things. I I haven't done these things. I don't have a checklist built up yet. I would tell you it's not about that. No work that you would ever do. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. And you might say, well, you don't know the bulk of my sin. You don't know the magnitude of my sin. And I would tell you, listen, his grace is greater than all our sin. Trust Jesus today. He'll save you today. Turn to Jesus today. He'll save you today. Maybe you're here and you've, you've put your faith in Christ, but you need to Put your eyes back on Christ. and We need to celebrate like, like we understand who Jesus is and, and, and the pieces of these days that we would understand. We have good news as believers today. That we'd be bold to proclaim that to a lost and weary world today. We're going to have a time of response. If God has spoken to you, I want to encourage you to step out and to come on and meet me here. If you're here and you'd say, well, I, I trust Jesus today. I turn to Jesus Christ today as my Lord and my Savior. You come. Let's settle that today. We'll announce it to the church. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you need more information. You come as well. We'll settle it today. Don't leave here without it settled. Maybe you're here and you've put your faith in Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism. And I want to give you an opportunity as well to come and to, in obedience to Christ. Say, I want this testimony to stand in my life. I want to be bold, and I want folks to know what I believe of my Savior, Jesus. You come as well. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You you come and together we'll preach this gospel, uphold this good news until he comes back for us. Maybe this 
This Sunday, you want to come and pray here at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Nothing is too big. Nothing's too small. This is our time of response to the preached gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about her head for an exit. You pray for those that are making decisions. As God has spoken to you, as we stand to sing, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. You come on. I'll meet you here.